Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 from the King James translation says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's also the evidence of things not seen. So the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance of things hoped for. Your faith is what you have to prove to people that you've got what you want. It is the substance. Faith is a substance that tells you that God is really real. Amen? Faith is so powerful that we must be able to understand, and and not only understand, but grasp it. Uh, When you're talking about faith, I want you to know, too, that there are There are two different types of faith that I want to talk to you about. There's natural faith and supernatural faith, okay? Now, natural faith tells me that I can take this chair right here. I'm not going to snatch you out this chair, but this chair right here that you all see me holding, natural faith tells me that I can sit in this chair. I didn't have to check it out. I didn't see if it was strong enough for me to sit in it and neither did any of you. So that tells me that you know how to operate in the natural type of faith. The problem comes in is when we have to operate in the supernatural type of faith. Amen? There's a supernatural type of faith. Natural faith is here. Supernatural faith is something totally different. Natural faith tells me because I can see this chair, I can sit in it. Natural faith. Supernatural faith tells me now to sit and there is no chair. Mm. You missed it. The natural type of faith tells me because I can see it, I can trust it. Supernatural faith eliminates the things that I'm looking at but tells me it's still there. Well, pastor, sit down. Okay. What I'm trying to get you to understand is, it's just like, remember when Jesus walked on the water? The disciples can walk around on the boat because they can see the boat. Jesus walked on the water. They operated in a natural boat, that, that, that in a natural faith, because they were out there on the boat, they didn't think they was going to sink because they had the faith in that boat. But Jesus walked on the water where there was no boat. He stepped in the supernatural faith in which he is calling us into now. For in the last days, the just shall live by faith. And he's not talking about the natural faith, but he's talking about the supernatural faith. The type of faith that called those things that be not as though they were. It is the God kind of faith. It is the saving faith. It is the faith that's going to help you produce and have the things that you want in life, in this life, in this season, in this time. So you have to understand there's two types of faith that you're operating in. You can't tell me that you don't know how to operate in a natural faith because you just did it without even thinking about it. The time is coming and it now is where you're going to be able to operate in a supernatural faith without even thinking about it. 
It's going to get second nature to you. You're just going to start seeing things happen. And all this is going to come to pass because you're walking upright before him, so therefore he will withhold no good thing from you. Some things you're going to get in this life that you didn't even ask for. It's just going to come to you because you're living in that type of faith. Favor, divine favor. You're going to see your life getting better. You're going to see yourself using your faith to combat the, the struggles that you've been having in life. You're going to overcome sin. You're going to come over all the depression. You're going to overcome all these things with this supernatural type of faith. It's a God kind of faith. It is in us. It's been in, it's been in us for years or for, since we've been born. Matter of fact, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you got that part of their faith. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, verse 7. We are commanded to walk by faith and not by sight. So that's supernatural. It's easy for us to go and jump down in a chair that we can see. It's easy for us to get out there on a boat because we got something under us. We learn to live by that natural faith. But if you think about it, you really think about it, it's also supernatural. When you're in that airplane, at some point, it's going to get off the ground. Now, you have to challenge your fear. When I first flew on a plane, boy, when that plane was taking off, I was like, oh, my toes were balling up. I was gripping the seat. What for? You know, that high up, getting up off the ground, I'm knowing this big old plane with all these people that I cannot figure it out, how this thing could fly. Guess what? I still cannot figure it out. But we use it. So at some point, when you step into this supernatural thing called faith, you're not going to be able to figure it all out, but you're going to see the manifestation of it. It is going to change your life. It's going to put you in a position where you begin to act like the God who created you. For God told us that we walk by faith and not by sight. This supernatural faith allows us to see the unseen. And believe the unbelievable. Some folks going to look at you and say, there's no way you can do that. And you're going to say, watch me. Okay. You're not going to do this in man's wisdom, but in demonstration and the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. You're going to become more than what you really are. You're going to become that God creature which he created you to be. You're going to be in that class, that God class. Yeah. You got to be able to understand it. You got to know what you're coming after. You know, you got to know what you're getting ready to get involved in, what you're getting ready to do. This is powerful. You got one, you got the most powerful force known to man faith. You can't sit here and say, okay, Pastor, I hear you talking, but I don't have that type of faith. Yes, you do. You know what? And I don't brag about stuff. But it's just reality. You sitting in this building right now, it's faith. You see what got it. Faith got it. You see the things that God has given me in my life, that's faith. Well, he'll do the same thing in your life because you have the same measure of faith. Watch this. Let me show you something. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And this is from the King James. For I say, though the grace given unto me, that every man... There's among you, how many? Every man, talking about mankind, meaning females included. So every mankind, every human being, there's among you not to think of himself or herself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, 
according to God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Everyone in here has the measure of faith. You know what? Uh, what you just did, no, I'm going to show you. This right here is a measure. You all just had communion. Every one of you received a measure of the communion. Yeah. Every one in here that communed today received a measure of communion. Yeah. It means it's been set aside. This is how much you're going to get. Now, what you do with it is up to you. But this is your measure that every man has been given. Let me ask you this. How much faith did Jesus have? He had a measure. How much faith did Paul have? He had a measure. All the disciples and all those who did great exploits, how much faith did they have? So how is it that we can't get nothing that pertains to life and godliness? How is it that we can't do the thing that Jesus said, you're going to do greater works? I believe because we're not activating our measure. You got it. You have it. But you're not activating it. You got so comfortable with the natural faith that you don't need the supernatural. Your natural faith will have you to accept those things that be not as though they were. Rather than your supernatural faith will cause you to call those things that be not as though they were. You're so close, but yet you're so far. You're watching life go right past you, and you're wondering why. Why can't have my needs met? Why can't live and be successful? Why can't be healed? Why can't be delivered? Why can't have my own husband? Why can't have my own wife? Why can't have... Why, why, why? Why is it because you won't activate your measure? You refuse to be activated. You refuse to use what God gave you, and therefore you complain about what you don't have. This big old book, this big old book right here, I'm giving you this, Miss King. Okay. Now, if you come back and ask me, how come you don't have finances? How come you don't have healing? How come you don't have this? You can't ask me that. Why? Because you can't ask me to give it to you. Why? Because I already gave it to you. I've already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Why do you keep asking me for it? You already got it. I've already given it to you. I released it to you. For I have given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. It's yours. Activate it. Do something with it. You'll let life pass you by, and you're waiting to get the glory so you can enjoy it. When God wants you to enjoy this life 
and more abundantly. You're waiting on him to manifest it. And God said, but I gave it to you. How can I manifest it if I've already given it to you? How many of you here are saved? You accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That means you're saved. You know what you did? You activated the supernatural faith. Not just the natural faith, but the supernatural faith. Because you're telling me that you believe in a God that you cannot see. That has to be supernatural. Amen. Not only do you believe that, but you believe that, that, that he saved you from a hell that you were bent bound on going to. So don't sit in that seat and tell me that you cannot activate the supernatural realm. Next slide. Most people don't doubt that faith works. They just doubt if they have enough faith to get the job done. You can stop doubting it because you have a measure. All you need was a measure. And if you start working that measure, that's why he told us, be like that, that, that seed that you plant. It's going to produce a harvest. He told you about, about that, 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 that seed that, that when you plant it, it grows up and be so big that birds can come and land in it and find rest. That little mustard seed that's so tiny, but going to produce some big things. You are designed to produce big things. Oh, now, it's gonna, it's gonna, when you start dealing with faith, it's going to challenge you. It's going to challenge the way you live. It's going to challenge the way you carry yourself. It's going to challenge your expectations. First expectation, why is it that you have to depend on the government? Why you can't have some money in the bank? Why is it that you can't treat yourself when you get ready to? Why is it that you cannot be healed? You cannot be done. Why is it that you still have to carry this same demon with you for all your life? Ask yourself, why is it? Because you're not activating your faith. You can do better if you want to. You can live better if you want to. Why? Because he's already given you everything that you need to get the job done. Oh, Lord, can you do this for me? God said, I already did it. Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 3 from the King James Version. According to his divine power, according to his divine power, has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Whatever you need in life, baby, God already gave it to you. Whatever you need to live godly, you already got it. You can live better. Well, why would God give me this power? 
because he set his kingdom up to operate in the, in, the, in, the, in the pathway that he chose to operate. Meaning, if you walk upright before him, all these good things will come upon you. And the Bible says not only come upon you, but they are designed to overtake you. They are designed to overtake you. The problem is that the devil got you living in the natural realm and making you think that you got to live this type of life, that you can't make it, that you got to struggle. You have to struggle. You have to struggle. You have to struggle. Everybody got to struggle. Well, my Bible tells me that I can choose my struggle. I'm struggling against sin. I'm struggling not to sin. Why? Because I know the rewards are that if I do what God told me to do, these blessings are going to find me and they're going to overtake me. I don't, I, I, I'm, it's not necessarily I have to run after the blessings. What would it look like me running after something that's running after me? That's confusion. Can you, can you figure that one out? You're running after it and it's running after you. There ought to be a collision somewhere. When God set this thing up for if you operate in faith, if you walk, if you do the simple stuff that I ask you to do, my word has declared that if you walk upright before me, I will withhold no good thing from you. If you want some good things in life, just try practicing this. Walk upright before him. Examine your faith and see where your faith is with God. Put it in the proper perspective. Just start living right before him and watch your life change right before your eyes. Watch you start. You start getting off of drugs. You get off alcohol. You get some deliverance. Because this Bible, this book represents the spirit of the Lord. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and freedom from every yoke. Not just one yoke, but every yoke. There's no way the devil can curse you when you are blessed. But you have to activate it. You have to get into this. Stop letting the devil treat you and trick you out of your blessings. We got so much technology going now, we don't read this, we we Google everything. We don't study to show ourselves approved. And we're blaming God. Well, how come the dead is not raised? God's not doing that no more. If he did it before, he'll do it again. We've got to do our part. We've got to grow in our faith. Your faith, you got that measure, and some of you still have a lid on it. Even though we gave you communion. Some of y'all probably still got a communion. You just go, what, take it home with you, keep it? Mm-hmm. You won't even use it. I'm not worthy. Who told you you weren't worthy? His blood makes you worthy. Baby, if you really grab a hold of faith, you'll realize that, that I don't care what you've done in life. I am clothed with the righteousness of Christ. When God sees me, he sees the righteousness of his son. Who in hell can condemn me? When I am the righteousness of Jesus Christ himself. I don't 
don't care what you did last night. Repent today. If you're going to believe the gospel, believe the whole gospel. You are worthy. His blood makes you worthy. He's not holding your sins and trespasses against you. So why are you holding them against yourself? Why live a defeated life all your life when he won the victory? He won it for you. He won it for you. But you got to decide if you're going to be victorious. I, I sometimes demonstrate my faith with, with my kids, my daughter for one. Uh, she was uh, one, at one point last year, year before last, looking for a job. She wanted to go and she wanted to work for Marshall. And we went in that store and I think the first lady we talked to was just, she just wasn't getting it. We were people of faith. We were blessed. We were highly favored. So when I stepped up to her, I talked to the lady as if she needed my daughter. Amen. She could, this daughter needed her, and they couldn't get along without her. Is your manager in? I need to talk to your manager because you obviously don't know what you got right here. This is a king's kid. This is somebody. So when the manager came out, she looked at my daughter, and my daughter just smiled. And she's like, Daddy, you just going overboard. No, 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 no. She got that job. <laughs> Daddy, you so crazy. No, I'm so full of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. When you walk in it, baby, you just walk in it. I'm not bragging. Don't mean to boast. I'm just walking in the God class. I'm walking in the God. I expect favor. I expect people to come out of their way for me. Why? Because I remember when Israel had to go all out of their way to come and see God. I'm in his class. Pastor, you're boasting. In him I live, I move, and I have my being. That old person that you used to know, way back when, he's gone. I'm a new creature. I was created in Christ Jesus. All the good part that you see was what was in Christ when he created me. Yeah. Yeah. That old stuff passed away. Pastor, how did you let it go? Faith. I believe that what God has for me is more than what the devil wants to offer me. I believe what God has for me is really tangible. It's really real. What the devil has for me, it's going to fade because I can touch it. I can see it. It's not really, really, really real at all. All that that is unseen is really what's real. I see what God has for me. How do you see that, Pastor? 
I see it through faith. By faith. By faith. By faith, I can build a building and, and wait on God to fill it. Why? Because I've got patience to wait on him. By faith, it's going to happen. By faith, I'm already developing some parking spaces. By faith. It gives me the ability to see the unseen. That's why I can walk past you and I can see what's going on in your life and speak to that thing. Why? Because I can see it. Faith gives you the ability to see the unseen. When people are trying to hide their hurts, their pain from you, you can see it. You just know it because you're in faith. Faith gives you the ability to operate beyond the natural realm. You're trying to live this life in a natural realm. I only what you see. When God told you, don't walk by sight, but by faith. As long as you're limiting yourself, you can have no more than what you have. No more than what the devil allow you to have. You're playing his game, baby. Yeah. And it's so plain. You can't get ahead. Because you're always going backwards. What philosophy is that coming from? Who has, told, who has bewitched you? Who has got into your head to make you think that God is a liar? What has caused you to doubt him? What situation, what circumstance? Was that powerful that it stripped you of your faith in God? But you mean to tell me he saved you? That you believe that if you die tonight, heaven would be your home? But you can't believe that your needs going to be met. You don't believe that you can walk up right before him. No. I beg to differ with you. I don't believe and I will not accept that you just believe that you cannot walk upright. I believe and I present to you, you don't want to. You want to live the way you want to live. You want to get away with the stuff you want to get away with. You want to worship him with your lips while your heart stay far away from you. When you accepted him, you accepted that cross. And my faith tells me that I must take up my cross and follow him. Why would I take this cross with me everywhere? Because there's some things I'm going to have to crucify. If I'm going to keep up with him, if I'm going to follow him, I'm going to have to have this cross handy because there's going to be some things I'm going to have to nail to it. There's some of my old ways that's going to have to be crucified because I can't carry my ways and his ways at the same time because my ways conflict what he wants. And therefore, something has to be sacrificed. Rather than me sacrifice him afresh, I sacrifice myself, my desires, my will. Why would you do that, Pastor? Because I believe that there's a greater. I believe there's something more than what meets the eye. 
You missed that one, didn't you? Mm-hmm. See, you won't sacrifice because of what you see. I sacrifice because of what I believe. Come on, you can't keep missing it. You sacrifice for what you see. I sacrifice for what I believe. I believe that there's a greater. There's more. So I'm killing the flesh to get the more. You sacrifice the flesh to get only what's there, here, and now. And after that, it's over. There's nothing else. But it's your choice. It's your choice. I'm showing you faith works. I'm showing you you can have it. Can I, can, can I go a little bit beyond that you can have it all? I'm going to ask you a question. What did God tell you through Abraham that he was going to do? He told you that he was going to make you a blessing. He was going to make you a blessing. If you're not a blessing, you've got to be a curse. That's scary. I want you to strive to be a blessing. Put your faith in gear. Ignite that thing and watch it take you to another level that you not even you you know you weren't even aware they existed. It'll pull you up and out of the muck and the mire. It will pull you to a point where you look down on those things and you're like, wow, really? You start to see in yourself attain blessings. And when you obtain it or attain it, you become it. That that you embrace, you become. When you embrace the fact that you were designed to be a blessing, you can become a blessing. My wife told me something this morning. She said, you know what, there, there's not many mentors out there. She said, but you are a mentor. But being a mentor causes me to put my feelings and my emotions out there to get hurt. I give money to people. I do people the right way, and they do me wrong. But you know what? Because I am a blessing, I don't count none of that as a loss. I know my God will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. So I'm not afraid of stepping out there and trying to be a blessing to people because even if I miss it and you don't receive the blessing and you just want to use and abuse me, guess what? I'm not worried about you. I'm not going to hold anything against you. I'm not going to walk in unforgiveness towards you. Why? Because there are some more blessings on this way. His pockets are so deep that I'm not worried about what I gave to you or what I invested into you. I will get a return on my investment because I invested it because of him. I look for ROI. What we got to do is grow in faith. What we must do is grow in faith. By his divine power, God has given us everything that we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to what? Oh, did you hear that? 
So if you're not studying your Bible, you're not reading your word, you won't have these things. He told you how they come. You got everything that you need for a godly life. And you receive all this by coming to know him. And that's where the devil is tricking you at. You don't have time to read. You don't have nothing to study for. Ooh, I don't understand this Bible. It's so difficult. Who told you that? It's so hard to understand. Every time I start reading it, I get sleepy. No, you don't, you're not sleepy. You're deceived. Because that word has so much peace in it, and you're not used to peace. You're not, you, don't, you don't know how to handle it. You hadn't been walking in it. You hadn't received it. So therefore, when you read it and you open it up, you don't know how to handle yourself. You got access to all that God has, his peace. He said, my peace, I leave with you. My peace, I leave with you. Oh, God, give me some peace. I leave it with you. You keep asking me for it, but I left it with you. My peace, I leave with you. And you keep crying, God, give me some peace. Really? Why, why you ask for what you already have? You hadn't accessed it or activated it with your faith. You want God to come down and give it, but I gave you the key. Open the door and get whatever you want. If it's in his word, is it, is it his will? And if it's in his will, it's for you. You know what? I have the best marriage and the best wife. And the best good thing that's out there. I believe that God knew me before I knew myself. And he equipped somebody to handle me. He knew it before I was born. So much so that when I check out her past, just to see, and I realized that we were meant for each other because she took shop and I took home ec. <laughs> Go figure. God said, y'all, yeah, you know, you guys got your wires crossed, but that's all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, somewhere down the line, I'm going to fix this thing back up so you can flow like you're supposed to flow. She took shop. I'm like, what? I wasn't going to tell her because I was, I'm, well, should I tell her I, I took home at? <laughs> I took home at because I was following my stomach, and I realized there was a way that I could get some free food, <laughs> so I took home at. I don't know why she took shop. What am I saying? Some of you all don't realize how much God has went to the extreme to get you what you're going to need to, to be able to conquer this life. But you won't activate your faith so you never know it. 
When I married this woman, I had made a decision in my mind I was going to follow God. So my faith was activated, and it led me to the right one. You missing that. We have received all of this. All. What's on the other side of all? God said, I give you all. There's nothing more he can give you. You have everything you need to live a better life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his, mar his marvelous glory and excellence. Watch this. When you realize that God is calling you to himself, it's almost like a tractor beam. He's going to pull you to himself, and that glory is going to start to be revealed in your life. Not only the glory, but there's going to be some excellence about you. Most of the people that, that fuss at me now, that say you're difficult to get along with, is because I demand excellence. It wasn't always with me because I remember my mama used to fuss at me about making my bed up and doing this and doing that. But now that excellence is following me because I'm following him. Some of you all will realize that you're getting better and that glory is being revealed when you start seeing yourself operating excellence. It's not you. It wasn't even in you. It's because you get closer to him that your excellence began to come out. Why? Because the more you get in him, the more of him going to manifest through you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, it's going to straighten you up. You know what? Watch this. If one of y'all was a curse way back there, and say a little old word, you know what? I can hear it. Because I'm not used to hearing that crap. I got away from it. So now when you curse, what? It was just a little word to you. But it sounded so big to me because I'm not used to hearing it. I can watch a movie and they be cursing. I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> and everybody be laughing. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, you know. Why? Because I've gotten to be excellent. I've, got to, I've gotten away from certain things. You don't hear me, do you? Mm -hmm. I nailed that to the cross. Some of you are not ready to change. So you leave your cross at home. Because you don't want to suffer. There's a promise he gave me in this word. And I'm so thankful of it. Because now I embrace the suffering. He said, if you suffer with me, you're going to reign with me. If, if I suffer with him, then I can reign with him. If you give up some of your mess because of him, you can reign with me. I'm not trying to get you to give it up. That's you, baby. You can continue to live and shack and do whatever you want to do. That's you. 
But as for me and my wife, we're going to serve the Lord. I like the life I'm living. I like it. I'm happy. I'm happy. And because of this, because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. These promises help me or give me the right to share his divine nature. I'm more sensitive. I'm more compassionate. I'm more loving. I'm more kind. I'm more powerful. I can be more destructive than you've ever known. I can be smooth as silk, but I can be tough as nails. Why? Because that's his nature, that's his character. And I get it from this. I am not the same boy who graduated from Bahia High School in Mississippi, Marshall County. I am not that same boy. I barely got out of high school. And you sitting up here listening to me today. Go figure. One of the A students. Wasn't a B student. Don't even know if I was a C. I didn't even look at my last report card. I was just happy that they didn't tell me when I got ready to get that diploma that we were playing with you. So this has changed me. This is evidence that faith works. You want to get smart? Get wise. These are the promises that enable you, you, to share in his divine nature. You know what that tells me? You don't have to act like a fool. Not only you don't have to act like the fool, you don't have to be the fool. Amen. Because you share his divine nature, there's a spirit of discernment that comes into you that you know when folks trying to dupe you. Amen. When they're trying to get over on you. Amen. There's so much you're missing because you won't get into him. Amen. You won't get into his word. You know why you won't get in his word? And I just saw it. You like what you're doing. You really like it. No matter how much damage it's doing to those who are around you or your relationship or your children's children's children, you like what you're doing because you're not paying the price. You're going to pass your mess on to another generation to deal with. Your children got to fight your demons. How fair is that? I'll leave that one alone. These are enabling you to share his divine nature. And what? 
These promises, precious as they are, give you the ability to take on his divine nature and escape the corruption caused by your human desires. That's your free get-out-of-jail ticket. You get in his word, and his nature is going to get into you, and you're going to escape that lust that's out there in the world. You're going to get out of the homosexuality. You're going to get out of sex outside of marriage. You're going to get off your drugs, your alcohol, everything that you claim yours. You're going to let that mess go because your nature is going to change. That's how much power that word has in it. If you have enough faith to go in that word and say, God, help me get over this, God said, I got the power. I have the power. Watch this. In view of all this, in view of everything I just told you, make every effort. You see that? It's going to take some effort on your part. This thing is not just going to come to you. God, just give me some wisdom. God, just give me this. God, give me that. God said, no, you go in and you get it. You start confessing it. You start believing that it's going to happen. Make every effort to respond to God's promises. You hear this? God said, you've got to respond to my promises. I know you're tired of giving me this, but you have to respond to this. You have to respond to this. You read it, now what you going to do? You heard me tell you how important it is. Now what are you going to do? What are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to do after today? I'm showing you faith is real. I'm showing you faith is operating. I'm showing you you've been operating in faith. I'm showing you that you got the supernatural faith. Now, what are you prepared to do now that you know you have it? What's your next step? You know, my wife <laughs> has this way, uh, what's this, Juice Plus? That she's got, got me taking some Juice Plus, this stuff. It's a supplement, some stuff. Uh-huh. Supplements. Why? To keep me healthy. I might not be getting all everything I need when I'm eating the barbecue and all that stuff. So she gives me some stuff to help supplement what I'm not getting. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Add to your faith. You've got this measure of it. Now, let's activate it by adding a supplement that's going to make this thing powerful. Moral excellence. Now, can I make a plug right here that's going to make you real mad? This election, tough one for you. Number one, there's no moral excellence. Neither candidate has it together. So do I vote for the devil or for his demons? <laughs> I know y'all get mad at me when I say stuff. But the truth is, 
I have to evaluate things based on this. Who stands the closest to this light? I'm not telling you nothing. I'm not telling you who to vote for. If you voted already, that's between you and your conscience. But who shines the closest or can stand the longest under this? Both of them got a lot of issues. But who's going to put laws in place that may support this? And who's going to put laws in place that's going to go the opposite direction? Well, my mama been this and my daddy was that. Well, who are you? You know better. But pastor, I didn't tell you, I hadn't called no names. I hadn't endorsed and will not endorse any candidate. But this is what I endorse. Now, I'm going to leave that alone, okay? You okay now? You're not mad, that mad at me, are you? Uh-huh. Because what in the end, this is going to win. I don't care who you put your vote on. Your confidence better be in this. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, the government has nothing to do with it. For the government shall rest on his shoulders. I don't care who get in office. You better believe it. God is in control. He has begun a good work in me. And he's not the one who's going to start a project and not finish it. I don't care who gets in office. God got me. And you need to have that same confidence. I'm going to hold that again for me. I'm about to let you go. Whoa. All right. So supplement your faith. I mean, add to your faith a generous provision of moral excellence. And moral excellence, get you some knowledge. Get you some knowledge. Stop trying to do what, what pastor said or pastor said. Go read and get you some knowledge for yourself. I promise you, God wasn't trying to hide nothing from us. The old saying is that if you want to hide something from us, put it in a book. God put it in a book because he wanted you to go study and show yourself approved. A workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He wanted you to study this. He wanted you to know this is his will and testament. He put what he, he left you a will with precious promises. And then got up to say, I'm going to make sure it's executed. Well, make sure you get what I want you to have. Now, that's bad. One more time. And to your knowledge, some self-control. I keep talking to my son, Jordan, about self-control. You've got to have self-control. If you can't control yourself, anybody's going to make a fool out of you. With self-control, some patience 
endurance. You know what? How many of y'all have patience? And God worked with me on my patience. Boy, whoo. He sent me some folks that I have to be patient with. Say no more. And I'm trying to learn how patience works. <laughs> but boy, it ain't easy. But I'm going to make it happen. Because I'm going to love y'all when y'all get on my nerves. I'm going to pray for y'all. And I'm going to snitch and I'm going to tell God on you. Because that's helping me with my patience. If I know God's working on you, I can relax. You missed that one. All right. I know you're ready to go. Let me give you this last scripture right here. And I think of How many more I have back there? How many more slides? Two more. I'm about through. All right. And patience endures some godliness. You know what that means? What does godliness mean? You, you have your own interpretation on it? Godliness. Some godly character. Some goodness. Some integrity. Doing the right thing even when nobody's watching you. And godliness, brotherly affections. I mean, you care about some folks. Reach out to some folks. When they hurting, you hurting. When they rejoicing, you rejoicing. Have some compassion for people. And brotherly affection with love for everyone. Watch this. If you do this, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be. If you keep this up, you're going to become more productive. You're going to have so much. People are going to look at you like, you're dressing better. Oh, you're looking, you looking a lot better now. You know, you know what I'm saying? people you grew up with and they're not productive. You know how they're looking? God don't want you to look like that. Now, I didn't tell now, I didn't call no names on nobody. I don't know who your friends look like, but I have some friends that grew up with that. They're not looking productive. There's no word in them. There's no moral excellence. There's nothing to keep them alive. You're missing it. God does not want you to be a zombie. You're living but no life. The only way you're going to get some life in you is you've got to abide in him, which is a true life, and allow his word, which is true life, to abide in you. So the more you grow like this, the more productive you will, and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Bow your head. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.